Let somebody shout a big hallelujah. It's exciting standing here this evening. Papa and Mama, you know I love you with all of my heart. Uh, and I thank you for the opportunity to stand here and speak. And I've heard pastors say so many times that we do not have an accent. So uh, I hope everyone understands my non-accents this evening. And, you know, when we left Nigeria, now we've, Daniel and I have been married 10 years this year, and we've lived in about eight or nine homes. We've moved around pretty often. And every time it's time to move again, I always worry and wonder, where are we going and how are we going to fit in? But you know, the part of the Bible that says, if you serve the Lord, you'll gain brothers and mothers and sisters and all of those things, it comes true every single time. So once again, in January of last year, we were to leave Nigeria and come back to the U.S. We had lived here before on our first missionary trip. <laughs> we went back and then we're coming the second time. And I was worried. I was, you know, my children, I'm like, oh my God, we're going back again, my family and all of that. And God, you know, he did exceedingly abundantly above what we imagined. We found even a larger family. Now, African families are pretty large. So for the Ark Fellowship to be larger than my African family, you know it's something that only God can do. <laughs> so my kids, they have grandpa and grandma who spoil them silly all of the time. Don't give them soda. We give them soda. Doesn't matter. The kids have fun with them. They want to live there every day. And I told them we'll trade. I'll take Gracie, you take my four. When they're 18, bring them back. <laughs> and then we've, we've, we've just fallen in love with all of you. My children don't stop talking about all of you. Pastor Joy, Miss Shelly Johnson and her cookies, Miss Kathy who takes my daughter out on dates, the grants. I mean, you people are family. Really, nothing. I, I can't even tell you with words how much. And, of course, I got a brand-new brother-in-law in the mix. God, yeah, for real. We didn't know that when we left Nigeria. I didn't know I was going to have another brother. God has just done amazing things since we've been here. And we're grateful and excited to be here. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Um, we glorify your name because you've brought us here for such a time as this. We thank you because the entrance of your word brings light and understanding. Lord, I step aside and ask that you take center stage this evening and just speak and do what only you can do. Glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, so this evening I'm going to be speaking on spiritual hunger. Now, it is not anything you haven't heard before, but it's just something the Holy Spirit has laid in my heart and I really, really, really want you to listen. And I know the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me to you. Amen? Everything on earth needs some sort of power to move from point A to point B. True or true? True. Everything needs some sort of power to move from this point to that point. And now there's a natural power we use. Like our senses, work smart, work hard, you know, education, and all of those natural powers. And they're great, and they're good, and they work, don't they? Do they work? So I used to be a teacher in Nigeria. I'm very big on, on this call and response thing. Do the natural powers work? Awesome. However, 
when we give our lives to Jesus and we become born again, there is a supernatural power that we receive from the Holy Spirit that propels us out of the natural realm into supernatural heights we can't even imagine. Amen? But then the irony of most of us believers is that we've given our lives to Christ, we've received the Holy Spirit, yet we rely on a natural power. We remain using our natural senses, work hard, work smart, save, and still end up in debt somehow. We rely on our natural senses, go to school, get an education, I mean everything. But when we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants us not to walk according to the natural. We are called to a higher realm of power. Amen? We are supposed to walk in a supernatural realm of power. Can somebody say supernatural power? That is what the Holy Spirit wants for us. Now, at the natural level, it's going to work. People say all the time, well, I mean, and he's not a believer, but that's him. We are in another kingdom. We are prayed by a different set of rules. Amen? So, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy... And pastor has been talking about this scripture. I love it. Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, remember your God. He is the one who gives you power. Somebody say power. He gives you power to get wealth. You are not to get wealth like the ordinary natural man who saves and works and toils. He gives his beloved peaceful sleep. You get your wealth supernaturally. Amen. It is at this level when you have become born again that the scripture is fulfilled in your life. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Now that power is your natural power. The Lord is saying it is not by your natural power anymore. It is not by your might. It is not by what you know. If you are in this kingdom, it is by my spirit and it is by the power of my spirit. Amen? Oh, and that's Zechariah 4, 6. Sorry, Theresa. <laughs> Amen. First Samuel 2 9. Let's stand there this evening. First Samuel 2 9. Samuel was talking to the children of Israel. And he said, I'm just going to the last part. For by strength shall no man prevail. It is not how hard we toil. It is not how fancy our words are. It is, I'm just trying to establish a point here that once we are in God's kingdom, we are supposed to operate on a supernatural realm of power. Can someone say power this evening? Can you say like you really mean it? Now, there's a very popular televangelist. I love him. I've been blessed by his ministry. He's known all over the world. And he said many years ago, probably before I was born, he gave his life to Christ and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And after that, he's like, what more? What else? Is this where it ends? What else is there after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And that's a great place to be. That's a great question to ask. Because I've realized even in my own life, sometimes I've gotten content with being born again and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there's more. There's a whole lot more out there that we have to get. Amen? Amen? 
Smith Wigglesworth, he's someone I love, read some of his books. He said, the greatest tragedy of the Christian is a life with no spiritual hunger. The greatest tragedy of the Christian is a life with no spiritual hunger. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We cannot succeed without his power. No matter how hard we try, no matter how smart we get, it is just not going to work for those of us who are in this kingdom. Now, it may work for those people out there, but for those of us here, it will not work. We need the Holy Spirit and his power. Amen? Our world will never be affected if we do not hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4.20. Can we turn there this evening? 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Can we all say power? The governments cannot change this world, believe it or not. They've tried. All the governments of the world put together cannot change this world. The new laws and legislation, none of it can change this world. The only thing that can change our world is the power of the Holy Ghost. One man, over 2,000 years ago, one man shook the world. One man. His name was Jesus. And guess what he had? The power of the Holy Ghost. He was baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He wasn't a regular man. And you know, funny thing, he was a man like us. The Bible says he had like passions like us. He was, when he was on earth, he was a human being. But the distinction, he worked in the power of the Holy Ghost. So this is over 2,000 years later. And in different parts of the world, we're calling upon the name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why? What was the secret? He had the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Another man, probably over 2,000 years ago too, who, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say. I guess he didn't go to college, didn't have any fancy degrees, because he was a fisherman. But then after he waited and he received the power of the Holy Spirit, he stood and he spoke. And over 3,000 people were saved in one day. In one day. Why did that happen? I don't think, I mean, I, I never heard Peter speak. I watched some movies, <laughs> some Jesus movies. But I don't think he was a fancy speaker per se. I guess not. I know Paul wasn't because he said so. But the power of the Holy Ghost caused things to happen supernaturally on that day when he spoke. He didn't have any fancy words and all of the big grammar and all of that. See, our world is not going to change by our Facebook post. Our world is not going to change by all of those things. The only thing that will change this world is the power of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say power? power. Say it like you really mean it. Can you say power? power? Let's turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 32. Luke chapter 4, verse 32. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Another translation, I think the King James says, his word was with power. Like, can we move down to verse 36? Just let's scroll down a little bit to verse 36. This is the man Jesus. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this 
is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. With authority and power. You know, at some point, the disciples looked at Jesus and said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I mean, what kind of power does this man have? And the interesting thing Jesus said, I'm going to my father, but greater works will you do. Great, we, we, we have been given the license to do greater things than Jesus did. We have that ability. The spirit of Jesus is living right inside of us. We don't need to travel to Jerusalem and walk with him in Samaria and all of that. He is inside. The, everything he did while he was alive, guess what? We can do double of it. Amen? But the only, re- the only way we can is if we have the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Our world is tired of words. They need to see the manifestation of God's power. We, we've spoken enough. We've said a lot. Now they need to see the power. There is a difference. See, I have a very good friend. Um, Grandma, I'm sure you know her very well. Her name is Bumi Thompson, one of my closest friends. She's like a sister to me. She was born a Muslim, and her mother is an Alhaja. Her father is an Alhaji. Now, they've traveled to Mecca several times, and they take their religion extremely serious, extremely serious. And her mother, well, had eight kids, and one by one, everybody was dying. They had some health condition that killed off all of the children. And, you know, one child would go to college and the health condition. So their bodies, and I don't know the medical term now, they just couldn't. Um, retain water so they could drink gallons of water but it just won't stay so um, a lot of the time you know they'll have to go for go to the hospital and taking IVs and blah 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 anyways she lost six of her siblings at different times one in college one in high school I mean they were just they were just dying and they took them to Mecca and did all of the and everything they could do over these kids, but they won't just leave. And then my friend encountered Jesus, and she got married, and she got pregnant, and the doctor said, there is no way on earth you can have this baby. Your body is not retaining fluids. I mean, you're going to die, and her mother would cry every day. I have just two left. This child is going to die. And then she said to God one day, God, show me that you are real. Manifest your power in my life. I'm happy to announce to you she has four children now. You know the interesting thing, every time she has a child, the first thing her mother does is praise the Lord! She forgets all about her Muslim stuff. If you see, you know, her mother at any time, you know, she's home, her mother will go, aren't you going to church? When is service? Can we... Can we go? I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. Going to talk with her and saying, Oh, Alhaja, you know, Jesus saves. Islam is not the way. Come, come. It would have worked. It may have. But then just allowing her to see the demonstration of God's power was enough to turn her 360. That woman serves God and follows after him like nothing. My friend is a minister of the gospel now. Bye-bye to Allah. She has seen... That there is one true God and he has power. Somebody say power. 
We cannot operate on yesterday's power and oil. The Bible says in Psalm 92, verse 1. Can we open, turn our Bibles to Psalm 92 or look at the screen, whichever one works for you. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. King James says like a unicorn. I have been anointed with fresh oil. I don't know much about cars. I, I mean, I drive one, but I don't know all the stuff that happens for my car to move. So whenever Daniel is not here and my car has a problem, I have to call Mr. Scott from work and say, my car, my tire is out. And I mean, I don't know what to do. I know it's spoiled. I'm going to change in 2021. But for now, I know that every car, at least that's what my dealer tells me, the oil needs to get changed or checked once in a while, true or true. Every car has to get the oil. Che- I mean, am I wrong? Okay, awesome. Every car has to get the oil, you know, checked and probably changed and all of that fancy stuff they do whenever we pack our cars there and just, you know, have no idea what they're doing. Anyways, if a physical car needs to get the oil changed and checked, how much more your spirit that is the engine of your life? You need to have your oil renewed day by day. You need to have your oil checked. You need to have your oil changed. See, yesterday's oil is not going to work for today. Yesterday's power is not going to work for today. I heard a preacher say, higher level, higher devils. The higher you go, the higher the mountains in your way, the higher the power you need. You cannot get the power you need if you do not hunger for it. I have children, and I know whenever they, you know, have any illness and they're not hungry, I know how much it bothers me as a mom. When they have no appetite, I'm like, you need to get something to eat. I can only imagine how much it bothers God when we have no hunger for his power. He's wondering, what is wrong? You need, you need this power, Noja. You need this power. You need this power. You cannot succeed without this power. My kingdom is not in mere words. It's in power. Amen? Amen. Just as the physical car needs change, it's how your spiritual engine needs change. You need, why don't we just lift up our hands and say after me, Lord, put in me an insatiable hunger for your power. Put in me an insatiable hunger for your power. Amen? Let's not talk too much. Let's, let's, again, words are good, words are great, but we've overused them. We need to see demonstration. We need to see action. You know, my husband and I, we, um, what, we love to watch movies, but our interests in movies are as different as day and night. I love romantic comedies. He loves action movies. And every time I get the remote first and I put on the movie, he sits down and the first question he goes is, oh, they are talking too much. Where's the action? Like, where, where's the action? And you know, that's what the world is saying to us today. We're talking, oh my gosh, this lives matter. Those lives don't matter. Some people are here. Some people are blue, green, red, and black. I mean, everybody's saying something. You know the thing that will quieten down the world? Action. 
And I'm not talking about action going in the streets and burning down and all that nonsense that is going on now. I'm talking about action that comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus did it. Multiple times he did. He will calm everybody down. I mean, look, you're talking about a crowd of 5,000 people. And they're saying we're hungry. And I'm not sure they were saying we're hungry very politely and calmly. These people were hungry. They were restless. They had been with Jesus for a long time. That's how we should be grateful for our pastor. I don't think he preaches as long as Jesus did. Three, three days. I mean, <laughs> that was a very long time to be saying, <laughs> preaching one sermon. <laughs> and Jesus was going on and on and on and on. And these people were like, we are hungry. And they were starting to get restless. And Jesus said, you know, I could tell them, oh, be filled. I, I'm not in Jesus' mind or anything. I'm just <laughs> making the story up as I go. But he looked and said, you know what can calm these people down? What do we have? Bring fish, bring bread. He blessed it and he began to multiply. I mean, if I were there, you, don't, you won't be able to convince me that Jesus is not real. After seeing his, after tasting of his power, after seeing his power manifested, the world out there, if they see us manifest this power, I'm telling you, we will talk less. We will, we will convince them less. They will run after us, just as the Bible says in Isaiah, let me follow you to the house of your God. They will run after the God we serve. They need to see power. Somebody say power. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say power. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. Now, there are different levels of power, and we're, we're very blessed that the set man God has put over our mission, the Ark Fellowship, is at a height of power. And sometimes I look at Pastor Goodluck, and I'm very inspired to get to that level of power. And I think we all should be, really. You know, I've seen mighty miracles how many people have seen i have i don't know if y'all attended the services i did but i've seen mighty miracles happen here mighty mighty miracles happen and that's a good luck very casually i mean when i pray i scream in the name of jesus he's very casually be healed in the name of jesus and person's like oh my god i'm healed i'm like what (laughs) well that was easy (laughs) that is power and that is the power we as a congregation should hunger for. We should pursue after that power. But it's a good, imagine, imagine if all of us had the level of power he had. And I know that as we get to the level of power he has, he goes higher. And so we're just like <laughs> playing, pursuing after him, which is great, which is really what we should do. Now imagine if all of us had that level of power. We have that hunger. We are an army that is hungry for power. I'm telling you, even if Lucifer himself walks into this place, he will not be able to stay. No disease, no sickness would stay here. The power of God will just, it will come out of all of us. It's at that point that even shadows will start healing people. We can have this power. Pastor, good luck. Is it only for you, sir? No. Okay, so great. We can have this power. We can. 
It, the, the, the kingdom of God is not a show where one person comes on the altar and does everything and the rest of us are there. It's not abracadabra. It is power. When we go to the world to evangelize, it is power. Amen? This is what we're called to do. This is the life. This is the kingdom life. It is a life of power. And we cannot live the kingdom life unless we have been cooked by the Holy Spirit. Unless we have immersed ourselves in his power. Amen. Ezekiel 47 verse 19. You see, the hungrier you get, the higher you get. Oh, I'm sorry. Not verse 19, verse 1 to 9. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the front of the, for the, front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the side, on the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my waist. Let me stop there first of all. These are different levels of the anointing. He started out, the water started at at his ankles. He could still walk. And then he moved further. And the water went to his knees. And then he moved further. And the water went to his waist. Different levels. Of hunger, I can ima- of power. I can imagine if he was not hungry and he didn't move at all, it would have remained at the ankle level. And then you live your life, and according to the psalmist, we die like mere men when we are gods. When the power that raised Jesus from the dead is living right on the inside of us. Let's go on. Verse five. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. And then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters into the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will leave. See that level of power. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will leave wherever the, water, the river goes. Look at that. The waters are just moving and things are happening. The level of power where the supernatural becomes like the natural. Where things, we we are not awed by the supernatural. It becomes regular. It becomes our lifestyle. We walk in the supernatural. We walk in realms that are not known to man. We do, we move. I mean, people come across us and they are healed. We don't even have to pray. It is at this level that Mark eleven twenty three becomes a reality in our lives. When the waters, the hunger for the power of God has grown so high. And then, because when you're hungry, he'll feed you. He says, open up my mouth and I'll, open up your mouth and I'll feel it. 
It's at this level we will say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And it will happen. It's at this level we'll say to the mountain of financial problems, the mountain of rebellious children, the mountain of sickness, whatever, the mountain of coronavirus, be removed. And it will have no choice but to listen. Because we have the power. We're not just, we're not just, we're not just talking. We're speaking. And there's a difference between both. We're not just, our words are not just, you know what the Bible says of prophet Samuel? He says none of his words fell to the ground. Not, imagine that life. And I'm saying, I'm thinking he said many words. Like I'm hungry, I want to eat. I mean, different words. No word, not one fell to the ground. Every word was backed with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen! To grow in power, we must get hungry. We must be hungry. It doesn't happen un- unintentionally. We, j- we won't just grow in power because we're cool and we're pretty and we think we should. It's an intentional hunger. We sit and we say, Lord, give me your power. And then he'll do it. It's a time where we stop playing church. And then we connect with him one-on-one in the secret place. That is where he pauses. Let's turn to Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Oh, we're there already. Okay. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Does this apply to us today? Are we disciples of the Lord? But we're more than 12. But it doesn't matter. That was just a trick question. It applies to us even this moment. We are those people. The Bible, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. The Bible is as relevant today as it was when it was written. And it's just as powerful. He called us, his 12 disciples, myself and Pastor Bill, and Pastor Larry, and Pastor Pat, and Pastor Joy, and all of us. And he gave us power. Over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds. Is COVID-19 part of this too? How about diabetes? Oh no, I bet high blood pressure is not part of this. Oh no, definitely not cancer. Is that part of all kinds of sicknesses? And all kinds of diseases. All kinds. I mean, little sicknesses like a headache. Big sicknesses like my heart is failing. Whatever it is, he has called us and has given us power. Can we all say power? We can't get this power if we are not hungry. We can't change our world if we are not. We can't afford to be content. We can't. We can't afford to just do church and come to church and oh hallelujah, bless the Lord and speak all Christianese and go home. And our world is exactly the same. Something's 
got to give. Something has to change. People need to look at me and say, that girl has the power of the Holy Ghost. They need to see the demonstration. They need to see the action. We need to get to the action part. They need to see the action in our lives. Remember, we are like the signpost of heaven. People are looking at us. It's not, a preacher said, it's not a question of if they are looking. It's a question of what are they seeing. What are they seeing when they look at, are they seeing the manifestation or are we just like them? Is there a difference? If there is no difference, then why are we serving the God we serve? What's the point? We need to run after him with a hunger. A hunger, an insatiable hunger and say, Lord, you need to fill me with your power. My life has to be proof. I have to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. Every person that was used in the Bible, every single one was used under the influence of the power of the Holy Ghost. Every, think about it. Every single person. There was nobody that came in contact with the Holy Spirit and remained ordinary. They became, ex- he's the extra. They became extraordinary. Because of his power. And that's the same thing that applies to us today. We can't be ordinary anymore. Ordinary is out of style. We have to be extra. And I'm not talking drama here. I'm talking extraordinary display of his power. I mean, when we walk through the grocery store, Kroger or H-E-B or wherever we go, when people brush against us, they should feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Even though, I mean, so, something has to happen. I'm not, we don't, I'm not a regular person. I can't be like the person who doesn't have him at all. I should be an embodiment of his power. You know, I am carrying the king of kings. The one who sat down and said, let there be light. He created this world, the world just with the word of his mouth. That same spirit is living inside of me. And I cannot create enough money to pay my bills. That's not possible. That's not possible. I will say to the mountain of death or sickness or children misbehaving or whatever, be removed. And I will have whatever I say. Amen? To grow in power, we must get hungry for the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word is God. Smith Wigglesworth, again, I love to quote that man. He said... The secret of spiritual power is a hunger that never ceases. We need to get hungry for the word. And I'm not talking only the word we hear when we turn on the TV or listen to a sermon. We need to get hungry for the word that is in the Bible. The word that is written there. We need to sit with our Bibles. To grow in spiritual power. In Nigeria they say it's not beans. That means it's not, it's not, it's not easy. It's not, it's not, come on. It's not, it's not, it's not something you could easily get. It's not beans. It's, it's a difficult meal. It takes commitment. It takes consistency. It takes persistence. 
It won't just randomly happen. We need to be hungry. Acts chapter 2, chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. It says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. That's the word. It is able to build us up in power. We need to sit back with our body. We need to get into the word of God. Amen. We need to get into. I personally need to get back into the word of God. I mean, Flip that Bible over and over and over and over. And you're saying, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Give me power. At age 12, Jesus was in the temple. And everybody was looking at this little kid and wondering, how does he have so much power? He knew the word. He knew the word. If we don't have the word, what are we going to resist the enemy with? If we don't have the world, what the word, what are we going to convert the world with? We need to be hungry for his word. Amen. Another way we can grow in power is to be hungry. Have a hunger for prayers. The Christian life is a life of prayers. And we, we bless the Lord that we are in a prayed up church. I have a business mentor who was telling someone, and I overheard her tell the person. The person was complaining, oh, my spiritual life is down. I find it very hard to pray. And she said, oh, well, come on. We're going to have a prayer meeting, and it's going to be 10 hours long. I bet when we are done, you will never find it hard to pray again. I called later and asked, well, that's PD, Pastor Dutton. I asked later, I'm like, so did you, did you do that prayer meeting? She was like, yes. First few hours were very dry. Oh, but by the eighth hour, when God showed, showed up, prayerlessness showed out. Look at the persistence. I was amazed. Look at the persistence in prayers. If we are going to operate in the supernatural, our prayer lives have to go up. We have amazing times of prayers here. 6 a.m., 9 a.m. I mean, if you can, come. Trust me. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. If at home, it's, you know, you're going to be distracted or it's going to be tiring, I should know. I have four kids and it can be very distracting. This is a good place to pray. And nobody's going to be saying, Mommy, can I have or can I not have? Amen? This is a good place to get fired up. Join whatever prayers you can. We have Zoom prayers on Tuesday. Plug in and be prayed up. We need to hunger for God in a way that we haven't before. Amen? We also need to fast. We need to live a life, a fasted life. Not, not, not just fast when we're called to fast as a corporate commission. When pastor says everybody fast. Our individual, see, when I was growing up, my mom used to tell me a lot. She says, you know what? When your temptation comes, I won't be there. When problems come your way, I'm not going to be there. Because that's how the devil is. He's not going to tempt me when I'm surrounded by everybody who will help me. He'll tempt you when you're all by yourself. He's a very tricky guy. We need to live a fasted life. If it is once a week, once in two weeks, whatever it is, we just need to set out this day is a consecrated day where I fast. I put my flesh under and I get my spirit charged up. Amen? 
It's not a once in a lifetime, a once in a while thing. It's a lifestyle. Another way to grow in power is to work for the one who gives power. If the Lord sends us on an errand, you can be sure he will give us power to fulfill that errand. He said in the book of John, where my servant is, that's where I will be and I will honor him. If we are working for God, evangelizing whatever it is we are doing for him, he's not going to let our power come down. He's not going to watch us go out there and be embarrassed or be put to shame or be disgraced or whatever the case may be. I was listening to someone say at the grocery store, he went to someone and was praying over the person. I think it was someone who was deaf. And he was praying, and uh, can you hear now? And the person's like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> He's like, God, you can't disgrace me out here at Walmart. It's not possible. You can't disgrace your name. You have to show up. And he said he kept praying, and he, kept, he was persistent. He refused. And he'll keep asking, can you hear me? And the person's like, no, no. And he was like, oh, Lord. At the end, the person told him, I can hear God will not call you without making provision for you. He will not send you on an errand. And he's sending all of us. It's not just the pastors or the leaders. He's sending all of us. Go into the world. Make disciples of men. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. He will not send us if he doesn't give us the power. If he has not made that provision available, he won't bother asking us to do it. So we have that provision available. Let's step out and do it. Let's step out and evangelize. Let's step out and work for him and then see the power flow. Amen? And then the last thing I want to talk about is praying in tongues. Let's turn to Jude. I think that's my last scripture and this is my very last scripture. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy. This is one of my favorite scriptures, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's like your phone. Everybody has a cell phone these days and a charger. You know, when you plug it in to the, to the outlet and you charge your phone, your phone has enough sustenance and energy to talk for a long time. I mean, if you take your phone out, you could still use it, if it's a good phone, that is. You could still use it for a bit. Now, imagine not charging your phone for days. What happens? The battery goes out. That's what praying in tongues does. It charges you up. It builds you. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, I can't even explain in words. It builds you up in a way that is unimaginable. You are speaking a language only yourself and the Holy Spirit understands. It just, you are just, it's like plugging yourself. You are charging yourself. You are charging yourself. You are getting power from the source. Not secondhand power. Not secondhand power. First hand. Straight from the Holy Spirit. It's coming down and you are plugged in getting that power. This is what we need to change our world. I guess only the Nigerians laughed at the secondhand joke. This is what we need to change our world. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need a church that is on fire. We need fresh oil. We need, I know we were talking about it the other day, revival, revival, revival is not an event. It's not one day and everything is going to happen. Revival is us. It is happening, it will happen in us. We get 
revived and then we take it out to the world. The world is not going to get revived and flock into church. We go out and get them here. Amen? And we cannot do that without the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say power. I want you to say it over and over. That's why I've been making us say just so it sinks and so we know that we need to move from this level of power. We need to move from the ankle level. We need to move up till it's a river where everything that comes in contact with us gets healed. Let us rise to our feet for a minute, if you don't mind. If you want to sit, that's fine, whichever one works for you. But I just want you to raise your hand and say, Lord, I am hungry for your power. I need to see the demonstration of your power in my life. I need to see the manifestation of your power through me to change my world. I am tired of things being the way they are. I want more. I want more of your power. I want more of your anointing. I want more of your oil. I want fresh fire. If you can, why don't you open your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. Lord, we need fresh fire. We need more of your power. We want to be a church that is on fire. If you can, pray in the Holy Ghost and build up yourself. Charge your spirit man this evening. Lord, we need more. We need more. We need to change our world. We need to change lives. We need your power. We need your power. We need your power. We cannot continue on yesterday's oil. We need fresh oil. We need fresh fire. Marebo shekereba sandakarabababa. Marebo shekererebo sendekere. Let your spirit connect to the spirit, his spirit this evening. Let your spirit connect to the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Let him endure you with fresh power. Let him endure you with fresh fire. Let him endure you to be a change maker. Marebo sandakarabo sekerere. We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Lord, we step out in this might. We step out with this confidence that the greater one lives on the inside of us. We refuse to be satisfied with our level of power. Lord, as from today, we decide to hunger and thirst after you. We decide to move on and on and on and on to heights of power that are unimaginable to the natural mind. And Lord, we know that as we've made ourselves available, you're going to use us to change our world. You're going to use us to touch lives. And while we're changing our world, our lives will be changed. We bless you, Lord, because you're a great God. In Jesus' name we've prayed. God bless you all. Uh, You're dismissed. (laughs) You're not dismissed. Listen, uh, if you're here and you don't pray in tongues, I believe somewhere in your heart there is fear. There is fear. You can't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's your Father's Spirit. 
and it's so easy. All you need to do is just step out and do it. Because it's already there in you. Now, Luke 11, verse 13, is very clear. It says, if you being evil, he called us evil. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father, our Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All you have to do is ask. After you ask, begin to speak in tongues. God had told me there will not be a split second when you open your He will not allow you to say one word that's not coming from the Holy Spirit because you asked him. And if you hesitate, the Bible says you are not fit. Everyone who hesitates is not fit for the kingdom. Don't hesitate. Just walk out and let God use you. He said, just like Noja said tonight, and this is a great message, he's in every one of us. I was amazed when I left for ministry, you know, in my church, we were joking about it. Uh, a pastor used to call us, my pastor would call us to the front to pray. Every other person's line was long, and nobody comes to me. Even when I tell them, please come, let me pray. We don't see no power there. And then I went to Nigeria after I was called. Angela used to tell me, you embarrass me every Sunday. Nobody comes to you. Nobody, nobody wants to pray with you. Every Sunday you're standing there. I said, but my pastor said, I'm a board member. <laughs> I, must, I must stand there and pray. And the lines are going, it was about 400 people in the church. The lines with all these other people, board members, elders, long. There's nobody standing for me. And then I came back, just like Noja said, and I had videos because God had spoken to me. He was going to do signs. And I came back. Please be seated. We'll be closing soon. I came back, and they saw the videos. The next Sunday... I was standing. My line was <laughs> so long. Angela says, when are we going to go home? <laughs> Their line was, things changed. I remember somebody, he would not let anybody pray for him. I have to be the one to pray for him. Uh, so it's really important what Noja spoke tonight. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. I need to pray for you. Yes. Would you all pray, agree with me?